Hello, all you Elvis fans. This is Krista Joy, founder of TCBRadioNetwork.com. And I'm your co-host of TCB Radio Network and Elvis tribute artist, Peter Alden. Welcome to the TCB Radio Network podcast. Get ready for some Elvis content and news you can use where it's all Elvis all the time. We've got your interviews with authors, Elvis fan club presidents, artists, musicians, and of course, close personal friends of Elvis Presley, the people who knew him, the man himself. Thank you for tuning in. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for the TCB Radio Network Podcast. We have a fantastic interview lined up for you Um, tonight. Uh, she's a former girlfriend of Elvis, an actress, a host, stunt woman, model, beauty and healthcare expert, a public speaker, so much more. Tonight we have on the line for you Mindy Miller. Mindy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I am thrilled to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. And I know um, Peter was going to go ahead and kick it off with the first question here while I go ahead and get the slideshow ready. So, Yes, uh, Mindy... Um, got a chance to talk a little bit earlier, but um, I know a lot of people are curious. Just uh, what what did you actually think of Elvis before you actually met him? Did you did you know him from movies or concerts? Well, I think like most kids growing up in the fifties, um, yeah, I had seen his movies. My mom had taken me to his films, and because I grew up for a large part of my the first part of my life, the first few years after I was born. He lived in Hawaii, which, of course, as people know, was one of his favorite, favorite places to vacation. And so we had that in common. And um, when we came back to the mainland, uh, I went and saw um, Blue Hawaii, Paradise Hawaiian style, um, you know, films that involved the Hawaii. And my mom always wanted to see, wanted me to see those. She wanted me to be able to remember Hawaii. And so then she got me uh, his album, and she got me a 45. We had 45 records at the time. So she got me those, and I love those songs. But I was not a contentional Elvis fan. I didn't have his pictures on the wall and all that. I was really uh, growing up in uh, Surf City, kind of. You know, I was living in the San Fernando Valley. We loved the beach area. We would play hooky and go to the beach. So I was really more about um, the Beach Boys, Janet Dean, uh, you know, all these people that were doing all the surf songs. So I liked Elvis Presley a lot, but I was not the fan. I'm, I'm, I am a fan. I'm a true fan today because I, you know, after having really known him and really seeing what he's about and his music and learning so much about him, I've become a fan, but I wasn't the, you know, the little teenage girl fan. I I liked people like um, Tommy Sands, Troy Donahue. I liked the blonde, blue-white circle kind of guys. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? I, but I did. I, I liked the opposite of myself. And here I had dark hair, dark eyes, and I liked, you know, the opposite. I liked these very Aryan-looking guys, you know, mm. Swedish-looking and... <laughs> And uh, Scandinavian-looking guys. I mean, I still do, but but that was my preference in those days. It was the surfer boys. 
Okay, so then uh, obviously the next question is, since uh, Elvis was completely the opposite of what you were looking at, uh, how did you? So then, how did you? How did you actually meet Elvis? Well, I had a premonition, which I, uh, I've said before. I had a premonition that I would meet him. We were driving by each other in Hollywood, and uh, he was driving uh, his. I'm trying to think which black hawk it was. He ended up having four. Three of them were black. One of them was white. And I don't remember which one it was, which model, but it was one of his black hawks. He had hair in L.A. And he was crossing over some temple of art, I was crossing over. And we passed each other, and I looked, and I said, oh, my God, that's Elvis Presley. And by this time, I probably was 20, 21, maybe. And um, I looked at my girlfriend, and I said, that's Elvis Presley. I said, I got the weirdest premonition. I said, it hit me in the head. This was a guy, you have to remember, this was a man that had the most extreme ending I've ever been both known in a human being. It was just kinetic energy. You, when he walked in a room, everything stopped. You could feel some kind of a presence in the room, even if you weren't looking to where he was standing. You just, it was like lightning. And that's what hit me, it's like lightning in my head. And I said to my girlfriend, someday, not only am I going to meet this guy, I'm going to know him. And of course, she thought I was nuts. And then about two and a half, three years later, maybe, I met him. And I was living in Europe. I'd been living in Italy. I was um, doing some acting and modeling there. I'd been living there for about a year or so, at least. And I came home to close up my apartment. And I went out to a private club one night. And the this fellow that I knew that had a, a kind of a talent agency came up to me and he said, hey, he said, I'd like to invite you to a party. And I said, well, it's okay. I said, I, I don't really want to go. He said, no, you got to go. This is really something special. So he called me every night. And I'd say about three or four days, literally, before I was supposed to go back to Europe. I, um, I said, what is so special about this party? And he said, well, it's going to be at El Presley's house. And right away I thought, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember I had a little vision there. And I thought, well, why don't we just go, Mindy? It's not going to hurt. You're packing up. You're leaving the country anyway. Now, mind you, nobody told me he was going to be there. Nobody told me I was going to be a date. Nobody told me anything. They just said, come to this party. So I got dressed up. I, I went to the house, 144 Montevale. Funny because I just took a drive by there day before yesterday, hmm. and um, and I do that sometimes time for old time sake. It's funny, and I drove up to the house up to this long beautiful driveway and a big huge white house, and there was nobody there. There were no cars. There was nothing. And I thought, my God, do I have the right address? And one of the guys answered the door and said, oh, hi, you must be Mindy. And I thought, well, how does he know I'm Mindy? There are a lot of people coming to a party. So I walked in. There was nobody there. There was no party. I was the party. <laughs> oh, no. You were the party. <laughs> you were the party. <laughs> I was the party. So I walked into this room, the TV's on, and all the best mafia guys are sitting around the room. But I mean, they're lined up. They're not just sitting there, like on the couch. They are lined up sitting against the wall <laughs> to my left and my right and I, they sat me down on the couch and they started talking to me but 
about who was I, where was I born, what was my family like, did I have a religion, was I spiritual, what was my favorite color, um, did I have brothers and sisters, how did I grow up, what kind of things do you like, what are your interests. Now, I'm sitting there trying to be this beautiful young girl, 24 years old, March 12, 1975. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking, well, it's weird, but okay. And uh, that's how we first met, and two of the guys walked out of the room, I guess, to go tell Elvis, she's cool, she's okay. <laughs> and, and as I'm sitting there, as I'm sitting there, probably an hour went by, um, I'm watching TV in Farrah Fawcett on there doing a Well of Boston commercial. And I'm not even looking anymore. I'm just watching TV. And suddenly to my right is this incredible surge of, of energy. The same energy I felt a couple of years before. And I turned to my right. Nobody had said a word. Nobody had walked in the room. And there's Elvis standing in the doorway in his little white tennis cap and his sweats with the stripes on him, usually baby blue with navy blue stripes or black stripes. And he looked at me and he said, uh, hi, honey. Sorry I'm late, but so were you. <laughs> and it threw me for a loop because his delivery and the way he said it, I thought this guy is hysterical. And then I broke up in hysterical laughter. He broke up and then all the guys broke up and then he sauntered into the room walked around the coffee table, stuck out his hand to shake my hand and go, hi, honey, I'm Elvis. <laughs> and I thought, hi, I'm busy. And that was it. We never stopped talking. That was our introduction. Wow. That is fantastic. Well, we have so many friends joining us live, so I wanted to take a quick second and say hello to everybody. Um, Sissy is here from the Elvis. Find out what's happening then and now Facebook group. Thanks, Sissy, for being here. Don Wilson is here, Sis, or, um, Mindy. I know you guys are dear friends. Yeah, I, I want to say, can he hear me right now? He can hear you. I love you, Don, more than life. You're my best buddy forever. Aww. And I'm just giving a shout-out to him. I just this man. Nothing I would not do for him and, and his lady. Oh, me too. I've talked to him twice and I say, okay, Don, we're best friends now, just so you know. We love Don. We had Don on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jennifer Michelle is here. Dwayne is here. He says, Mindy and I go live while I mow my two acres of lawn. Love oh. you, Mindy. Dwayne, <laughs> no. Hey, Dwayne. Love you. <laughs> Colin Paul is here, famous tribute oh, artist. Oh, my God. Hi, Colin. <laughs> I saw him. Can I tell you, if you have not seen Colin Powell, everybody, you have got to see him. He was in Memphis when I met him briefly last year. Um, not long enough, obviously. He and his darling wife, Sarah Lee, and their two beautiful children. He is so, so talented, and he is such a hard worker. And when he sings, it makes me cry, literally cry. And he was fantastic at Elvis Week. He goes every year. So everybody, please watch out for Colin Paul. He is so multi-talented and such a sweet, generous man. Yes, we totally agree. We got to meet him, too, in Memphis this year. Uh, we love Colin. Thank you, Colin, for um, tuning in. 
And also, um, Trina's here from Scotland. Hey, Trina. And so many more, but we got to move on. We're going to go continue on with the interview. Um, Mindy, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your DVD because this is fascinating and this is something people can, can buy for themselves online. Will you talk about your DVD, what it's about, what it means to you? Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, Elvis, um, there was this particular book that was, that was coming out in 1976, <laughs> and Elvis and I were upstairs in the bedroom of Graceland, and uh, at that time, it was all red, velveteen, and gold, and, you know, the red shed carpet in his room as well. Uh, people always ask me, well, what was his bedroom like? And I, you know, it, was, it looked like the rest of the house, which was all red. So he, we were up there, he was facing back and forth, and he was upset. He said, Mindy, please promise me you will never, ever, ever write a book about me. You will never talk about our relationship. You will keep things between a man and a woman private. You will never speak of these things. Don't talk about our relationship. He was so, so private. So as I say to people, I have kept that promise. I've honored him for 40 long years. And when um, Jessica let us sing us, uh, darling girl, one of my dearest closest friends now, she is with the Essential Elvis Group, um, which is uh, started 20 years ago by Mr. Andrew Hearn. And she found me on Facebook when I first came out, and um, she said, you know, um, we'd love to do an article on you for our magazine, and I said, thank you so much, and, and they invited me to, to England to talk, and I thought, you know, People don't know who I am. And I know the biggest thing for Elvis was he wanted people to know who he was on a spiritual level, not just as a performer. And he really wanted to know, he wanted people to know why he thought the way he did, why he was a seeker of truth and justice and all that. And this I know for sure. And I thought, there's only one other person talking about this, and that was Larry Keller. Mm-hmm. And who was a darling, darling man. I love him and I love what he stands for. And so the thing of it is, I said to Andrew, I said, Andrew, I said, is it possible we could do a DVD? And I said, in that way, people can meet me. They can see me. Uh, people that aren't able to be here in England. And this is my first outing ever in the Elvis world publicly. And Andrew Hearn is the one that brought me out. He's the first one that made me made the eldest fans aware of me in England. So he was so gracious, and he went ahead and got a crew together and filmed the hour and a half interview and show and questions and answers and singing and everything that we did there uh, for eldest fans. They can get it uh, if they're out of England or if they're in Europe, they can order that from, um, from uh, Andrew Hurt. If they're in America or closer by, you know, America or Canada, they can order from me through PayPal or send a check through my, um, you know, my my uh, PO box. But the most important thing is, I promised Elvis I would never write about him. But I tell fun stories that I know he wouldn't be okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about things that I know he would be okay with. Um, all in honoring his legacy yes. and raising his legacy for the kids grandkids and, and, you know, people that will follow when my generation, which is, you know, very close to passing on, is gone. Because when we're, when we're gone, Krista, there's nobody left. We're, when we're gone, we're gone. Right. And so a lot of people are writing books, 
and a lot of people, you know, that's why I wanted to do at least do a DVD to enlighten people to who he was, how he was, and the spiritual side of him, which is what I really enjoy talking about. Yeah, and I think that's so important. As long as we honor him, as long as we're doing it in a, in a good way to carry on the memory and the legacy, I don't think I don't think anybody would mind that, especially 40 years after they passed on, that people are remembering them in a favorable way and trying to help make sure that others do the same. So I think, yeah, yeah I his think fans, it's... His fans are the, are the ones who came to me and said, Mindy, we really would like to hear more because they're so... I didn't realize how hungry the fans are. Yes. congratulating me recently on the success of the show and I'm like it's not me it's Elvis I mean there's just still so much interest in him and 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 not enough content and plenty of people to consume content so I'm just so grateful um, for the chance to just kind of give it a, a little bit of a platform a little bit that I can but I want to say hi to Beth is here live uh, Lindsay Warnock is is here Terry Lee from the UK hello hello Catherine Holmes Mindy wants to know when you're coming back to Worthington UK I would be there today if I had a plane ticket <laughs> <laughs> we feel the same way yeah absolutely I would have been there yesterday I'm so excited with England I cannot tell you I excited with this country <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jennifer Jones says hi Mindy and Tamika's agreeing with this. I love you. I love her. This is my all go to girl. I love you, Jen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, we appreciate you and, and um all right, so a little more about Mindy, and then we'll get back into the, the Elvis stuff. But I know Mindy has also appeared on Entertainment Tonight as a skin and beauty expert, a beauty consultant on the Ricky Lake Show. She's a board-certified, licensed paramedical esthetician and skincare. Mindy, uh, for the, the ladies and gentlemen, too, why not? Can you give us one, of, one or two of your best uh, beauty tips as a beauty expert? Well, there are a lot of secrets, but I'm going to tell you one that people very, very rarely think about. <laughs> and you can Google this, but I was doing this years ago. Um, one of the things that is one of the best and most inexpensive beauty treatments that you can do for men and women, and you don't need anything else. Let's say you're on a strand on, a, on an island somewhere, you have nothing, and they always say you can take one thing. And you don't need cash. Two words, people. Baking soda. Really? Now, you're going to laugh at me. Wait till I tell you. Baking soda in your bath. Baking soda in your shower instead of soap if you run out. Or in, in 
you know, in conjunction with the granules of baking soda are so, so tiny. And the pores of the skin are very, very tiny unless a person has had acne or they've got pitted skin or something like that. So what I do is I make a paste, a little tiny paste, maybe a nickel size, with a little bit of warm water, and very easily, not not hard, because you don't ever want to scrub, you know, hard with your neck or your decollete or your face. Baking soda is the trick. Your skin will be squeaky, squeaky clean. And what you want to do is take your ring finger and your middle finger on both hands, dab it into the baking soda as if you made a taste with a little bit of warm water, and make circular motions in toward your nose. You never want to wash your face in circular motions away from the nose. And people always do, going toward the hairline. That mm-hmm. stretches the skin out. It makes you lose collagen, which is your elastin in your skin and your face. People always email me and ask me, you're 67 and you look like you're 45. What do you do? So I try to tell people about products and all that. But baking soda, you don't use it every day because it will be too harsh. It's great for the guys. The men actually have sometimes better skin than the ladies do because ladies are guilty of sleeping in their makeup, which is the worst thing that you can do. But baking soda on your neck, your neck, like, hey, you can use it over your whole body. And it's a a bit abrasive. So what it does, it takes off all the dead skin all over your body, the kneecaps, the elbows, your face. Then you can also use it to wash your hair. You can add a little bit of that if you've got an abundance of too much product in your hair, again, men and women, whether it's hairspray or um, uh, anything that builds up in the hair, that will help get it out. And you'll want to add that to uh, you know, you know, your shampoo with water, rinse it out, always rinse with cold, not cold, cold water because that, um, that will break the capillaries. And uh, you don't want to do that in your face because once they're broken, they can't be mended. That's it. So you want to do cold water always to close the pores of your skin for your face and your body. Um, whether it's hot or cold, you always want to cool down the body and close the pores because you're liable to catch a cold. Your internal organs catch a cold. That's how you get sick. So you want to close the pores. So when the pores are closed, all this other stuff, debris, everything does not get in the skin because your skin is your number one protector of the body. It's the largest organ of your body. Then you can brush your teeth with it. Again, it can be very abrasive to the enamel of your teeth, so don't use it often. But let's say you run out of toothpaste or you're camping or whatever, or you forget something. Baking soda, you can wash your hair, wash your face, wash your body, brush your teeth. It is the most incredible beauty product you can get it at the 99 cent store. So it's not just for opening and putting in your refrigerator and your freezer to take out all, you know, the odor. It's one of the best beauty products that you can have. And I promise you, when you rinse your face after using it, you will see a huge difference in your skin. It will be squeaky clean and shiny. That's the way your skin is supposed to look. I love it. You heard it right here, you guys. TCB Radio <laughs> Network on Facebook Live. Beauty <laughs> tips. Like this, 
and I don't tell them what it is. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, you guys watching us live, make sure you hit the share button. Let everybody know that you're watching tonight. We're getting some awesome stuff here from the fantastic Mindy Miller, former girlfriend of Elvis. Tamika says she's going to... Also, also, I just want to say, Krista, a little bit of mayonnaise under the eyes is very good because it's very rich in ammonia. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, Tamika Haywood, she says she's uh, going to try it tonight to take off her makeup. Um California. All right, and Jennifer Jones, she says, uh, Mindy, will you tell them about the CD of Elvis calling out your name in concert 42 years later? Oh my God, thank you, Jennifer, for reminding me. Yeah, you let me know, Krista, when you want me to do that, and I'll write it down so I don't forget, because it just happened in the last few days, and it's incredible. Oh. Well, well, tell us the story now, why not? <laughs> oh. well, as long as we're talking about it. Elvis Week. So I promised him 
and I try to be a person of my word always to people and be honest, that I would, I would not share them with anyone. So then I did, and then this week, another friend of mine, what would people care about? on the tour this year um, coming from England uh, for the Essential Elvis Tour for Elvis Week. And about three days ago, I think it was, she PMs me privately. She goes, Mindy, she said, I'm just hearing this new album. It's a 1975 at the Omni Theater. She said, is there by any chance you? He's mentioning your name in the song Lovely Tender. And I thought, sweet Jesus, don't tell me.
speaking so to you. To help mm -hmm. him sing that particular song and then walk over to me and say that mm -hmm. just absolutely floored me. And what's weird, Peter and Krista, is that I have put on many, many times on my pages where I've shared with his fans uh, times where I've gone into two stores, sometimes two and three a day. And as soon as I walk in, he starts singing Love Me Tender. Nothing else but Love Me Tender. And it's Elvis, not anybody else. It's Elvis singing Love Me Tender. This has been going on for years. Mm. Years. Mm. And it, it just makes my skin crawl and it makes the hair stand up because I'm a very big believer in spirituality and the beyond and it's six, you know, other dimensions and time travel and I know that it's real. And I know the way that Elvis believed. And he always told me that he would always be in touch with the people that he cared about and loved. Um, and the people that cared about him, that he would visit them, and he would time travel. We used to call it astral projection, which is what it's called. And we studied it in a spiritual book. And it's dreaming, basically. Um, you know, and people can read more about that and how he believes with the spiritual books and all that from spiritual bookstores. But knowing that, it all makes sense to me now. And so I played that back and played it back and played it back. And three or four days later, I still have people coming on going, that is amazing. Because it's as if he is saying hello to you for the first time since, you, since I last saw him and since his passing. So for me to hear that on, on this record, and the thing about it is that it was always out. But because it's been re-digitalized, and you can hear him so much better now, this is kind of under his breath. Hmm. Wow. And you didn't really hear it years ago. So now, because of the re-digitalization, you can hear him say, well, that little girl, you know, what she did to me. And that's <laughs> under his breath. You didn't, really, you didn't really hear it, right? And then, what he says, oh, you, you didn't hear it. But you, but you heard, but you can hear him now say it, and then he goes on with the song. And then after he says it, he makes a noise as if, as if it's a shotgun. He goes, like that, like he shot himself. When I, and the only thing I could think of, knowing him, he probably thought, oh my God, I should never have said that because somebody else will hear it. It'll get back to one of the girls or something. And I thought, maybe he thought he should never have said that. I don't know. I can't second guess him. <laughs> I can't speak for him. You know, he's not here to defend himself. But I thought after all these years, so all so all the pictures came out from that concert of the Aki into Keith's new book, and now this came out, and there was Carolyn Malaby just driving in her car, and because there was nobody in the car and the windows were up and she heard it, she said she played it back and played it back and could not wait to get a hold of me and go, you won't believe what I heard. That... Now, it is... Is that not incredible? Uh, that's a that's a just absolutely tremendous story, and uh, yeah, it, uh, apparently that is your song. That's 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 your song, and so that's the song he's using to to it stay is. in touch with you. It is, and there are so many other things that he does to stay in touch with me. You know, like I said, if you want to talk about a week, go on forever. But that but that's just a new one, and mm. so it makes. I walk in. I, I, I was in another store, a second 
second-hand store, and there was a little global around Easter time this year. And I was in the second-hand store because I'm a thrifter and I'm an antiquer. Um, I love to go antiquing and thrifting and all that. And I'm walking around this little area of the store, and all of a sudden I hear this kind of music playing, and it's going ding, 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 ding. I thought, oh my God, that's lovely Kendra. Wow. So I walk, I walk over to where I think the music is coming from, and I don't see a thing. There's no radio, there's nothing. And I go to the gal that's sitting there, and I say, excuse me, I said, uh, is there radio on or something? She says, no, we don't have a radio on. I said, did you just hear what I heard? She said, I didn't hear anything. I said, okay. I walk around the store. I go to this corner, I'm looking for all these things. Finally, I find a little, looks like a 50s kind of globe, where you turn it over and it snows, you know, like a snow globe. Right. And there are two, two little bunnies in it, and they're called hip-hop bunnies from the 50s. And somebody put it out there for Christmas, probably for the children. And it was too expensive, I thought, to buy it. And, um, I'm sorry, wait a minute. Um... Do I still have you there? Yeah, we're still here. I'm done. I lost you for a second because a call came in and I averted it. So I go to this snow globe. I turn it upside down just to shake it, to, to turn it back up. And lo and behold, it's a music box. I said, oh my God, don't, don't even, don't even go there. Don't even tell me. I slowly turn the, the key and I set it back up and it plays now remember nobody turned it on nobody heard it nobody was there I thought oh my god if this isn't a sign now this is this is at Easter time this year I said this is incredible I took a picture of it and I thought I gotta share it with, with his fans they would love this so I share it with his fans and I get a lot of likes and everybody goes you need to go back and buy that globe. It's meant for you. And he's telling you that he wants you to have it. And now, normally, I would think that way. I thought, oh, pshaw, pshaw, no, that's not true. So what happens is I call the store, like, the next day or two days later. And I say, do you by any chance, there's a little globe there with two bunnies, do you by any chance still have that? And they go, well, actually, we do. And they said, it's been marked down to half price. Holy yeah. moly. <laughs> At that point, I said, I know Elvis wants me to have it. Yeah. Now, mind you, it's an hour and a half from where I was. I said, please hold that globe. This is my name and number. Make sure you do not sell it to anyone. I will be there this weekend to buy it. I drove down there. I bought the globe. I brought it home. I still have it. It plays Love Me Tender. Nothing else. And then I've got a couple of more music boxes that were given to me as gifts that play Love Me Tender, which nobody knew, you know, that it should be Love Me Tender. It could have been any other song. And now this comes up. Hmm. And so Jennifer realizes how big this was for me because, honestly, I've asked a lot of people because I know that he would say some girl's name that he was dating during the time he was dating him. But there aren't that many. And I know I'm not the only one. I never professed to be the only one. I was just very lucky to have met him and known him for a period of time and blessed. But I feel even more blessed because 
it makes me feel in some way that I was a little bit special in that he would, you know, sing that song, walk over to me and say that he didn't have to. And he didn't have to do that with any of the other girls that he dated either. But he did with some girls. And I just feel so lucky. I just feel so grateful. You know what I mean? Well, I, awesome. I, 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 when I hear that song from now on, I'm going to know that's Mindy's song. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing, the, these stories, because I, Krista and I have talked, and, and um, when I've done interviews, people have asked me, you know, why do you think Elvis is still so famous? And it goes quite, it quite honestly goes back to what you were saying. And I think it's not even just... Not even just with the with the with the women that he dated, but I think he's still so popular now just because of how he treated people in general. Well, you know, a lot of people have said too, and it kind of breaks my heart. I think they'll say things like, "Well, um, he couldn't be true blue to anybody. He couldn't be this. He couldn't be that." And I say to them, "Look, he loved women. He had an incredible bond with his mother, and in psychology." You'll know this. A man will treat a woman or his wife or a girlfriend or any lady with great respect if he's had a wonderful relationship with his mother. So much of it depends on the first five to seven years of how you grew up. Now, he grew up dirt poor, and I mean dirt poor. Well, he would go to school with no shoes on. He didn't even have shoes. And, um, which is why he ended up being such a clothes horse and loving clothes, because he didn't have any, and he didn't have any really, really nice stuff a long time and but he had so much love and you know because of that he always treated every lady with respect and love and he loved every girl that he was with and you know he told a lot of people that he loved them. it didn't mean he was in love with them but he loved them and he had a place in his heart for everyone man and woman child alike the man was absolute love and I often say that his middle name Instead of Darren, should have been his mother's middle name, which was Love. Gladys Love Presley. Mm -hmm. I wish they would. I wish they would have named him Elvis Love Presley because it it fit him. It suited him so well. Wow. That's tremendous. Absolutely. Oh, this is such good stuff. Now, Mindy, I understand that you have a story about driving with Elvis through a heavy rainstorm. Can you, for those of us that are not familiar with that story, can you can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yes. Um, did you hear the whole story, Peter? I did not. Neither did I. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. So here's what happened. Elvis, we were in Vegas, and Elvis bought me a car. And um, he had offered to buy me a car the first night that I met him on our first date, and I said, no way. He took out the big jewelry tray. You know, there were three. He had a big. He had. He had a big black uh, uh, box, jewelry box that he took everywhere. And there were three trays in it. And he, when I, after I first met him, he brought out the head. He had the guys bring out the jewelry box, and he said, you know, I'm, I want to give you a gift. And I said, no, no, no. He said, well, I saw the back of your car with Bastion, and I'd love to get you a car. I was, no, 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 no. I said, we don't know each other. I said, we're not dating. I said, you know, if something happens here and we end up dating or something, so that's down the road. I said, but I can't accept a gift like that from you. So in 1976, he bought me a car. Um, and I accepted it, and it was in the middle of the night in, you know, in Vegas, and it was a really cool 455, four-speed, first clutch, white Trans Am, because that was his favorite color and my favorite color. He loved blue as well, but 
he really loved the color white. That was his favorite. Most of Jefferson's were white, too. And um, so what happened is that um, we were supposed to leave the next day and go to Palm Springs. So he said, I'm going to have one of the guys drive the car to Palm Springs. He goes, we're going to take the plane to Lisa Marie, and we're going to fly into Palm Springs. And I'm not thinking, again, Elvis Presley boyfriend. I'm thinking boyfriend, Elvis, my boyfriend. <laughs> so I looked at him, and I, you know, I'm thinking not the plane. I'm not thinking of the entourage. I'm not thinking like this. So I said, I said, Elvis, I said, is there any chance we could drive the car to Palm Springs? Instead, I have no clue what I was asking because here he is, they're loading up the plane, they're gassing up the plane, he's got the entourage ready to go, he's called the pilot, Milo High, here he's, he cost a fortune, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going, well, can't we just drive there? <laughs> not thinking of the entourage, not thinking of anybody else, just me and my boyfriend driving the car to the pump straight. Well, you just so, wanted to spend more time with him. <laughs> You know, he did what is called the laying of the hair. 
and he could do it. And so he takes his right arm, he's driving with his left, and he flails his right arm up and above, you know, uh, the car, and he goes, watch this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here we go. And now the guy's just actually going, uh-huh. And all of a sudden, the cloud on my mother's grave dispersed. Literally dispersed. It's as, if, it's as if Moses parts the Red Sea. Seriously. The clouds disperse to the way in the front of us, to the sides of us, and the back of us. It is raining cats and dogs all around the car. It never put a drop of rain on the car to this day. <laughs> now, I did not know that David Stanley wrote that story in his book. Uh. So I was thrilled to death because I don't read the books. I've never read any of the Stanley books. I just don't read the books. I haven't read any of them. So I thought, well, thank God for Dave. And I remember calling Dave and going, thank God you told the story so, some, so these people don't think I'm just off my walkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes on Mindy Miller again. Just shake your head. <laughs> Ha <laughs> 
Mm. Now, if anybody else would have seen me, we didn't have cell phones in those days, okay? And I'm talking away, talking away, talking away. I start the car and I'm driving and I'm talking away. And people are looking over at me like I'm absolutely <laughs> not my robber. But I'm talking to Elvis, okay? <laughs> so I said to him, I said, I remember now that you told me that you would give the sign. A sign of some kind. Now, it's got to be either some kind of a physical sign or a sign that will let you know that he is trying to get in touch with you. Now, there were a lot of things, and there are still other things, but this was the most physical thing that he could show me because he bought me the car. He was the first person to drive that car. It had his energy all in that car, all over that car when we got, you know, after we got to uh, Palm Springs. And the windshield wipers was the biggest thing because we're not going to need them, and I'm the one that kept saying, honey, please turn them on, please <laughs> turn them on. And so now here he is, he's passed over. He's a little late turning on the windshield wipers. <laughs> yeah. He's a little late turning on the windshield wipers. And I'm sitting there feeling like an idiot, and I said, I love you more than words could ever say. And I started crying. And I said, thank you from the bottom of my heart for telling me that you're okay, that you've passed over, that you're visiting everybody, and thank you for remembering me. Mm-hmm. And that was not the last time it happened. Um, I eventually did sell the car. Unfortunately, I wish, of course, today I had it. Um, the cars were very difficult to keep up for 40 or 50 years. you got to have the money and all that. That car itself was a fortune now, let alone an Elvis Presley car. But um, that story goes down in history for me. As I tell people, on my parents' grave, on his grave, this is a true story. I don't need to lie. I don't need to make things up. This is a true story. And I know that things have happened to other people that knew Elvis as well. We've talked, and he's visited a lot of people in his own way. But that was huge yeah absolutely wow do you know where that car is now or do you have any idea what's happened to it um, I actually have a VIN number um, and I called the DMV and they told me that um, they were going to come and out there for you now. You never know what could happen. So, uh, I would be a blessing of all time to have my car back, believe me. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah. Now, you have a special connection as well to another song, T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Um, can you tell everybody that story about the first night that you were with Elvis in that song? Yes. Now, after we met, um, started talking about so many things. We had so many things in common. We rode horses. We both loved um, Hawaii. Uh, we were both very, very spiritual people, both Christians, both loved the Bible, both loved the Lord. Um, and um, we both loved singing. Now, I am no Elvis Presley. would never profess to be Celine Dion or anybody, but I in a group when I was in school. I sang in, in choir, I sang in glee club, you know, all that. And I have a decent 
voice, but I'm nobody that's going to, you know, shake your roof down or anything. And, um, so one of the many things we did after he bought me the spiritual book that night and all that is he excused himself. He put on a bloody, um, exhibit, you know, exhibition for me with the guys in the house. And then he excused himself because his private time was really important to him. So he always would go to his bedroom. That was his private time. And people can think what they want, but for Ellis to take a lady to the bedroom did not mean what the average person might think it would be. It was just his time to be able to get away from the guys and the house and the cooks and whoever was there. And that was his sanctuary. His bedroom was his sanctuary. So we would watch TV, we would watch movies, we would read, we would sing to each other, we would harmonize. So he invited me up to his bedroom, and the first thing he said to me, it's not what you think it is. And I said, I'm not thinking anything, I'm not thinking anything. He said, well, it's not that, it's not what you think. He said, it's my alone time, and it's my time to get to know you and be with just you alone. Because during the whole evening, we'd be, we'd been together with the rest of the mafia, all the guys. So he went up to his room, and he sat me on the edge of the bed, and he said, now, honey, he said, just sit there. I'm going I'm to play some for you. He said, I just finished recording with today. And I said, okay. And he had one of those big recording machines, you know, that goes around with the tape on it. Right. But you're very, they're like dinosaurs. Yeah. So he said, this is my latest song. He said, I'm going to sing it for you. And I thought, sweet Jesus. Elvis Presley is going to sing just to me in his bedroom right now. <laughs> right? So he gets up. Standing in front of me in his sweats and his little, his little white, uh, you know, tennis cap. And he doesn't go into a whole stance. He doesn't go into being Elvis Presley. He's just Elvis the man, the private citizen now in his home, singing to a track. And he starts to track, and he goes, Well, I was just a little bitty baby boy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes into the song, and T-L-O-U-P-L-E, and it was a rock in Swinging a song, and it was like this country rock and roll song that later Travis Tritt did that I love. Yeah. Um, and it became one of my favorite all-time Elvis songs. Not because he sang it to me or anything, but it was just, I mean, it was an incredible, for me it's an incredible song. And then when we went on tour later, he sang it, but not a lot. And he, I think he only sang it that first year or that first few months when he went on tour. Um, it was a really wordy wordy song yes um and because it was wordy he always was afraid he'd read he'd forget lyrics to things and especially with new songs he'd always you know he was nervous if, even though he was Elvis Presley every single show he was nervous he would come out and he'd say well now if I don't remember the song uh, ladies and gentlemen bear with me here <laughs> and he'd take the he'd, you know he'd take the the sides to the songs and then usually he'd like the first stanza or the first few to um chords or whatever he'd sing and then put the paper down. But but trouble was wordy. And then, you know, during our little courtship, he would say things to me like, hey, trouble, or he'd call me, hey, trouble, or hey, Eminem. And so the song became a song for me that had special meaning, mm-hmm. you know? And wow. and so it was the first song I ever heard him sing to me personally, privately. And then I realized how much he loved singing because he'd sing all the time. He'd sing, he sang in the car on the way to on the way to Palm Springs. He'd turn on the radio. He'd be singing all the way. He would think the band's singing up that he wouldn't want to sing. He 
was always singing humming or tapping his foot. The man was just music, music, music. He loved music. It's <laughs> great. Well, I got to tell everybody, because they probably heard a couple minutes ago, I have big skylights in my house, so when it starts raining, it gets very loud in here. So you might have heard it, Mindy. The rain started to fall, and all of a sudden, it's silent again. I just want to point that out to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought we were going to have to wrap up the interview because the rain was getting so loud, and it has stopped. So just... So thank you, Mindy. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, it literally rained for like you guys heard it. On, I know yeah. you heard it like thirty seconds, and now it, it's silent again. It, it so does not surprise me. It so does not surprise me. Unbelievable. He well, let somebody know he's here. He's listening. He's gotcha. Oh, uh, now I have chills. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I, I wanted to wrap up the interview, Mindy, by giving you a chance to talk about your YouTube channel and all the things that you are up to now because there's so much more to Mindy Miller um, and we want to be able to post all that on the blog. And you guys, I want to let you know too before we go into all this, I will be putting in the blog post how you can get Mindy's uh, DVD. So if you weren't able to write all that information down, it's okay. I will put it up on the blog post tcbradionetwork.com and I want to thank everybody for tuning in live but with that Mindy will you go into just uh, we'll wrap it up with talking about your YouTube channel and what you're up to now well I you know what happened is I started a YouTube uh, channel and um, it was basically called your best skincare aesthetics which is the name of my company and um, I you know facials and makeup and microdermabrasion and massage and reflexology and Reiki and therapy and all kinds of things and anti-aging for men and women. So I'm all about eating right and eating 80% alkaline diet, drinking alkaline water because you want your body to be balanced. You always want your body to be balanced between 7.5 and 9.5. And if it isn't, that's when you're going to start getting diseases. And I remember one of the things Elvis, he taught me so many things, but one of the things he always liked to look for, he loved to look for words within words. So if he'd say, uh, honey, do you realize that? He'd say, now listen to that word, realize. And I'd say, okay, he goes, what are the words within that word? And I, I didn't get it. And he'd say, real eyes. You're seeing things with real eyes. Therefore, you are realizing something. Okay, that makes total logical sense to me. The word disease. Dis-ease. Your body is at dis-ease with itself. Disease. Because most of cancers and most of uh, the debilitating diseases that we have start in the colon. And then they metastasize and filter out into the organs of your body. People are not aware of colon therapy. They're going to boo-ha-ha. They're going to talk about it. They're going to go, oh, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. But I kept especially men they're just you know I, I get it but I've been doing this for over 35 years and I am never sick I keep a size 4 um, I have so much energy I'm up night and day but because I'm constantly internally cleansing it doesn't give my, my body or my internal organs a chance to get sick I don't take a drug, I don't take a, a, 
um, an aspirin, I take nothing. I am like so much younger internally, but I thought that it, it would be this way when I started. And now 35 some odd years later, and people look at my picture and they go, there's no, there's no way you're almost 70 years old. And I'm like, there is no way I'm almost 70. I'm 67 and I don't feel like it. I feel like I'm 30, 35 years old. And I tell people, if you would just try and follow my lead, I promise you that this works. And I am the one that's the guinea pig because I've done it on myself. I eat a certain way. I don't eat after seven. I'm not saying I don't want chocolate. I'm not saying I don't cheat. <laughs> and I do. Well, you're human. And That's good to know. But <laughs> <laughs> I get back on my program. I get back on my program. And people, you know, they, they always, you know, like they invite me, oh, well, we'll barbecue. Well, I don't eat barbecue because anytime you burn food, it's carcinogenic and it causes cancer cells to metastasize or build on each other. The worst thing you can eat, I know you're not going to want to hear me say this, is burnt food blackened food, and I love blackened salmon, I love soul food, I love the kind of food that you get in New Orleans, you know, blackened this, well, I love it, but it's carcinogenic, and you're burning the food content, you're burning the minerals, the vitamins, the enzymes, and everything out of the food, so by the time you're eating this, this dead, you're eating dead carcass anyway from an animal, which is neat, then you're burning it, and then you're wondering why your body can't assimilate. It takes 18 hours for your system to literally break down a steak. And the worst meat you can eat is the cow, because the cow does nothing but stand. If you're going to eat meat, the reason the American Indian ate meat was the bison, because the bison ran. So the difference is, if you sit in front of your TV all day and do nothing, look what happens to your body. But if you get out and you run, or you jog, or you walk, look how different that person body is from the person that does absolutely nothing and sits there. That's the difference in the bison and the cow. So Jack Lane always said, eat nothing white, which means no white bread, no white sugar. Um, brown sugar if you have to have it. No white rice, brown rice. Nothing from the cow. Not cow milk. You can drink almond juice, which they call almond milk, but almond is really uh, it's a juice. Uh, coconut juice, not coconut milk. And I talk about this on my YouTube channel because I want to help people be the best that they can be. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be young. I want them to live as long as they can. Enjoy your job. Enjoy your retirement. Enjoy your kids, your grandkids. And there's no reason we shouldn't be living well into our 90s and 100s. But it's all the crap that we're ingesting. It's the air we're breathing. It's the stuff we buy with all the uh, you know, all the sprays on it, always buy organic if you can, stay out of the sun, the sun is not your friend, the sun is your enemy. I talk about this just on my first week YouTube shows. So I need to do more shows. And, you know, people can find me on YouTube. You can ask questions there. I answer everybody. Some of my Elvis interviews are there as well. Um, and I need to do more, but I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about health and anti-aging. Um, and again, you know, our generation doesn't need to be sick. We don't need to be living on pills and be, being diabetic. It's all about food. If you can turn your diet around and start eating what we call a raw diet, which means salads, 
foods that aren't cooked. You should not be cooking foods over 150 degrees because you're cooking everything out of it. But if you're eating your raw food, which is your salad, um, your raw fruits, don't eat your vegetables and your fruits together. They should never be mixed. I've literally gone to schools and camps where they teach you how to eat, what to eat, food combinations. And I can honestly say this to people. Um, you can turn diabetes around. You can turn cancer around. Um, you know, the problem, and I tell people this and have cancer, if you're, God forbid, in the third or fourth stages of cancer, it can be turned around. But what's happening is cancer is big business. And they make a lot of money. This country makes a lot of money on, off cancer and drugs. We know that. So what I tell people is, You've got to change your way of eating immediately. No alcohol, no smoking, no ingesting certain things. But the doctors will put you through chemotherapy. And what they're doing is they're literally burning your insides out. And they're not replacing it with anything because they don't know. Medical doctors are trained to cut, suture, and prescribe drugs. And they are tested very heavily on drug content. And they also make a lot of money when the pharmaceutical companies come to them and say, well, let's try this. Try this on your patient. Well, your patient is paying you. And they're the guinea pig. And they don't realize they're the guinea pig. Then you'll see all these commercials on TV that say, we have a new drug out. Now, if you're one of these la 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 people, we'd love you to call us at our 800 number. And for free, we're going to give you this drug to try. You don't know what it's doing to you. They don't know what it's doing to you. They're using you as a public person as their guinea pig, and you're going for it. The worst thing you should ever be doing is taking a drug because it's all synthetic. And I tell people, try a, hol a holistic doctor. Try and do things the natural way. You are what you eat. If you're not eating all this garbage and your body is not ingesting it, how the heck are your cancer cells going to grow in the cast mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I thank you so much for sharing all that. We appreciate it very much. And um, we will definitely put links to the YouTube channel so people can dive in deeper and learn more about your thoughts and philosophies on health and nutrition, all that stuff. We have some great um, people commenting. So when you have time, Mindy, you'll have to go back and, and look at some of these comments. Unfortunately, I got to wrap up the show before the rain comes back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we want to thank you so much for being with us and, and this wonderful in-depth interview about yourself and your time with Elvis. We appreciate it. And, and I've got I've got a ton more questions. But <laughs> yeah, we have to do this again really soon, Mindy. We'll put you back on the oh, schedule yeah. when you have time. If we haven't even covered a quarter of some great stories. Yeah, we got we to get it out there. So we'll definitely do this again really soon. We'd also like to thank Lee Douglas of Old Time Rock and Roll. Always found at www.oldtimernr.com for converting our show to iTunes. We appreciate you, Lee. Be sure to check out Lee's fantastic site and listen to his weekly shows. All oldies music with no commercials. TCB Radio Network is strictly a fan publication, not affiliated in any way with Elvis Presley Enterprises or any of its affiliates or subsidiaries. Please visit us online at tcbradionetwork.com. All trademarks, product names, company names, and logos mentioned are the properties of their respective owners. 
All opinions stated within do not necessarily reflect the opinions of anyone else, and certainly not Elvis Presley Enterprises. Still the King, our theme song for TCB Radio Network podcast, was written by Shane Douglas, produced by Terry Fullwider at Blue Spot Studios, and performed by Peter Alden and his band, Crown Electric Company, featuring David Fontana, son of Elvis Presley's original drummer, DJ Fontana, on drums. And Elvis Presley is still the king. Well, he's still the king. That's all right. Man, he sure could sing. That's all right. Still the king.